Welcome back, friends, to the Run It Bag podcast. I am Joy. Along with me is Wes. How are you doing today, Wes? Hi, Joy. Hi, Joy. Hi, Run It Bag Nation. Happy New Year. Here's to a wonderful 2021. Yeah, absolutely. Happy New Year to you, man. Um, but yeah, what you been up to this week? This week, working. Yeah. Figuring out why... <laughs> Life is kind of difficult without F1. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing a lot of interesting news in the F1 world. That's and true. And now we're here to talk about it on New Year's Day. Two weeks in a row, Joy, we get to talk about uh, our favorite sports <laughs> and our favorite racing series <laughs> on major holidays. It's, it's, quite, it's quite the spectacle. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like the engineers at McLaren, when uh, when Alonso forced them to work at Christmas, uh, Christmas Day, New Year's Day. I don't know if you know about that story, Wes. Uh, Alonso made, when he was with McLaren, made the engineers work during Christmas Eve and Christmas Day at the wind tunnel. <laughs> Which is not that surprising. That doesn't sound surprising. <laughs> Absolutely. I was about to say, I'm not surprised. It doesn't sound surprising. I wouldn't be surprised when uh, he left Formula One back in 2018. I wouldn't be surprised if he made Toyota do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, I mean, granted, you know, Toyota was a lot more dominant in their uh, racing series. But, uh, yeah, uh, speaking of McLaren, there was a piece done uh, in the race today, by the race today. I believe it was Scott Mitchell. And uh, pretty much the title of the the article was, or the art, the piece was McLaren's most important season since 2008. Now, I remember 2008 was the year after, you know, Lewis had won the, the championship. And, you know, they were still quite dominant, but that was when, you know, like that was when like they started to fall back a little bit. Uh, that was when pretty much Red Bull started to to gain momentum, and uh, that's when you know that's when like everything kind of turned its head on. Um, especially that was the year where it was the the birth of Braun GP out of nowhere, right? Honda B A R Honda just becomes this team from out of the ashes. The Phoenix out of the ashes, uh, and so yeah, uh, I totally agree. Um, you know, this was probably the most important year this year, uh, regaining third place in the constructors for McLaren uh, since 2008. And so yeah, I wanted to know like, what's your reaction to to you know McLaren's rise recently? I think it's good for Formula One. Absolutely. Uh, there's probably no other way for me to put that together other than how I just said it. And that is because, yes, from what I understood uh, when I started watching Formula One again, was that McLaren was pretty much on the outside looking in. Right. A lot further than a few other teams on the grid. Right. And generally, when you think about Formula One from a historical standpoint, two teams come to mind, right? And that is Ferrari and McLaren. Mm. And when I first, or when I got back into Formula One, one was obviously doing a lot better than the other. Right. And then, of course, 2019 was still Ferrari in the upper hand. And then this year you have McLaren mm. uh, in the upper hand over Ferrari. So, of course, uh, in a perfect Formula One world, you would prefer to have those two at the top. Right. Right? Because they are the two biggest names in Formula One. Right. But for them to regain a top three position in 2020, um, and it's been a long time since uh, McLaren has been remotely at the top of the Formula One constructors grid, that is uh, very good. And I do agree that it is their most important season since 2008 because. Now, nowadays, the stars are aligning. Um, they have the engines that they want. They still have their world-class facility, despite the uh, financial restrictions and hardships that they've had throughout the year. 
They have two drivers that can bring them to the promised land. Mm. They have good leadership, if not great. Mm. And this guy is looking good. It's looking up. Right. You know, it's it can't it can't really be that hard to well, it should it's gonna be hard, don't get me wrong, but it shouldn't be that hard to imagine McLaren actually dethroning a team like Red Bull or Mercedes or uh, whomever else uh, at the top of the grid in, within the next five, six, seven years. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree uh, with all the events that you listed out there, Wes. Um, one thing that the race did do for McLaren, um, for the, the piece that they did, uh, was it actually listed the events that... Um, got them into the situation where you know we they were looking from the outside in right so a lot of the biggest um pretty much changes from mclaren through um you know starting from 2008 was a ron dennis made the decision to dump the mercedes engines to go to honda um you know and at first they they realized that they were gonna need to take some time to make sure that Honda grow. Um, however, you know, the, the engines just weren't, you know, they weren't speaking to the chassis that the way that they wanted to, to happen. And they lost pretty much, uh, Adrian Newey to Red Bull, which was a massive hit. And then Ron Dennis, you know, he, he retired, he retired from McLaren and you know, I, I won't lie. I, I thought at that point, I was like, they had Jensen Button. They had Fernando Alonso. They they still could make a great car without those three key factors into the car. Um, however, I, I did think that it was going to be downhill from there. Um, I didn't think McLaren was going to bounce back, to be honest with you. Um, but I'm... Like you said, I am so glad that they have found the right pieces uh, recently with Zach Brown, um, Andrea Seidel, and this incredible driver lineup of Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz. And, you know, we we under underrate, you know, he's so underrated, Carlos Sainz. Um, I didn't think he was that great of... A driver that can develop the car but i think he's proven proven us wrong he's proven me wrong um and lando norris coming out of his rookie season he was a lot better than i thought he was going to be and so i'm so proud for the mclaren team and and david coulthard you know he once raced for mclaren um he made a statement saying that this is not the same mclaren that he used to race for you know back then mclaren was the the most serious team uh especially when ron dennis was running it um you know like you you couldn't get a a smile from ron dennis you you had to be precise you had to be punctual and you had to be the best at everything you did uh whereas now mclaren is more of a fun environment you know i, I feel like i would want to work at mclaren um and i think it's just down to zach brown it's down to these new drivers it's down to andrea seidel um and so i'm so i'm, I'm looking forward to the future for for mclaren they are on the on the up but like you said it will take a massive effort to dethrone red bull to dethrone mercedes or whoever is going to be the next team uh in these upcoming season, upcoming years, right? For the next five years, um, it could be McLaren. You know, who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, I'm super excited for McLaren. Uh, I'm glad this piece came out. I'm glad that the race uh, made this piece. And so, yeah, to, to all of our audience, check out this piece. Uh, it's called McLaren's Most Important Season Since 2008. But with that being said, Wes, um, what were the top three best McLaren moments off the top of your head? Oh, man, I had to dig into the history books for this one. Yeah. But in no particular order, 
let's go back to 2008, Lewis Hamilton winning the title, his first driver's championship. Mm. Now, of course, if anyone understands Lewis Hamilton's story, he doesn't come from a big financial backing. What had to happen was McLaren and Ron Dennis actually giving him some type of help to fund his karting career. Right. And promising him a drive as long as he continues to dominate the karting as well as the junior formulas. Right. That's what ended up happening. He ended up getting called up to the team in 2007, right? Right. And he actually did very well to the point where he beat- good things have gotten... Yeah, he beat his teammate, he Fernando beat Alonso, Alonso. Right. In his rookie season, which... It, yes. And if had things gone a certain way, then he would have been the champion in 2007 as well. Yeah, absolutely. In 2009, had things certain had certain things gone dang, his way. Dang gravel trap from China. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, not to mention boring racing. All right. <laughs> give, me, give me a travel ban. I don't care. All right. <laughs> anyway... Uh, yeah, three year he could have Hamilton could have had a three peat at McLaren. Mm. Albeit which was allegedly in the second or third best car all three years. Right. And what what I what makes this a best McLaren moment is that they got their man. They invested in him for years before he actually stepped into the Formula One cockpit. Right. And by the time he got his chance, holy shit. It's like it's like hitting the lottery. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, of course, McLaren, at the same time, would give him his low points. But then again, all you have to do is turn on the TV or go on YouTube and watch where Lewis is now to realize that that particular moment probably was the best for him. And we all know who Lewis Hamilton is. Right. Absolutely. What should I say? Uh, actually, no. I'll save it. <laughs> um, the second best. Or not second best. Yeah. Or the second moment that comes to mind for best McLaren moments, having Ayrton Senna and Alan Prost on the same team. Okay. So any particular any particular moment from that era? Just having them on the team. Okay. Maybe if you want you could you could make up your own I ideology of what I mean by that, but right. just having them both on the same team because it's very rare that any given team has two of the best drivers right. in the sport at the same time, and they're still in their prime. Right. Right. Of course, that led to a lot of toxicity, a lot of bumping into each other, and a lot of uh, and a, a lot of uh, vol- volatility, animosity, hatred. And unfortunately, one of those guys is no longer alive today. And if he was, uh, Senna, I think, would be very proud to see how Formula One has. Uh, progress in terms of safety in terms of um, viewership and perhaps being a mentor to someone like lando or ricardo or signs mm. or even uh hamilton even right. and then my third moment that i thought of was this past year mm. 2020 p3 because yes uh, mclaren has been on the mend for the last couple of years and this year kind of showed that this rebuild is more or less complete. Right. It's now up to Danny Rick, uh, Lando, Zach Brown, and Andreas Seidel, and the rest of the team in Woking to finally get it over the hill. Right. And whether they can do it, it has yet to be seen, but confidence is looking pretty high. And those are my three moments. Hamilton winning his uh, maiden title, Senon Prost on the same team, and uh, the 2020 season. Yeah, yeah, those are great moments, Wes, that, I mean, some of them I will also have on my top three. And, yeah, in in no particular order, uh, for me, I have pretty much James Hunt, you know, driving the McLaren against Nicky Lada's Ferrari. Um, For me, this was, if if any of the audience wants to learn more about this rivalry, you can just watch the movie Rush. They they put... um, portrayed the characters pretty well but yeah uh, James Hunt right uh, he's more of a he's different from today's Formula 1 driver um, he is a lot more of a playboy than he is a driver I think he would even admit that but he was still 
incredibly talented and him versus Nikilado was just a perfect perfect rivalry at that time uh Nikilado was more of this serious guy who doesn't seem to have a lot of fun he just takes his work very seriously and he's very committed to to winning multiple championship to just keep winning uh just in general Nikki Lauda I mean um James Hunt was a little bit more of a superstar you know he he definitely understood his identity as a formula 1 driver um however you know there there was that season where on on pretty much the same equal car uh Ferrari and McLaren they were able to pretty much go head to head um and James Hunt won out you know winning his first world title and, and that's what he that's he that's what he aimed for and that's what he all he wanted to do was to prove the world that he can win a super, uh a super bowl uh, <laughs> a championship a world drivers championship and to me I don't know like um it, it definitely just watching these two battle was pretty much the culmination of what formula 1 is to me it, it was just so dangerous um and it was just pretty much pedal to the metal you know pushing all the way throughout the, every single lap um and you have this playboy versus this you know pretty much a mechanic well he wasn't just a mechanic but he was more of a genius in Nicky Lauda and so yeah uh that's my that's my um first moment the the second moment for me um i think Ayrton Senna in Monaco uh winning Monaco when he pretty much you know was one second ahead of his teammate Alain Prost in the same car and the same machinery i think that to me to me like you know beating McLaren i mean beating beating Ferrari in in pretty much a level playing field at that time against uh Ferrari but that's what Bruce McLaren to me what he aimed for was having this incredible team that pretty much stopped at nothing when it came to perfection and Ron Dennis was kind of also this centerpiece for that right like he was a guy like i said he was much more strict he he was a he was a perfectionist and pretty much him Aaron Senna you know the guy who who is also a perfectionist himself he he pretty much you know believed he had a god-given right to win i mean of course this combination of this mclaren philosophy environment and ron dennis's pretty much management and leadership and erton senna's talent driving and his his pretty much pursuit of perfection i mean you know they're they're gonna it, it's gonna be hard to beat that that combination and for quite some time mclaren was that team to beat um but yeah it it was incredible um also the honda engines right the the v6 turbo uh engines so yeah i, I love i love those engines i love those cars i think they're the best looking cars of all time when it comes to formula 1 um and yeah like that's pretty much my second best moment um uh, my third best moment is pretty much Lewis Hamilton Brazil right when he won his his first world championship um as a formula 1 driver and that's the thing like it was clear that McLaren didn't have the best car they they like you said was they only had like the second or third best car on the grid and i think it speaks a lot of vo uh, volumes about Lewis Hamilton being you know a guy in his rookie season challenging beating Fernando Alonso uh pretty much on equal machinery at, in his rookie season and then the second season goes out wins against Kimi Raikkonen, Felipe Massa and Fernando Alonso um and yeah to to me like those cars are also quite quite sexy looking but not to mention the sound the sound as well right that uh, scream 
but yeah, uh, to me, like Brazil, of course, it was the the home, the hometown of, um, or the home country of Felipe Massa, and it was one of those heart heart pounding moments. Um, of course, I didn't see it live, but I did see it um, on watchback, and like. Yeah, uh, I definitely could see, like, it, I wish I was there. I, w I wish I was able to see it because, man, like, just just imagine being there, being a Lewis Hamilton fan and and passing Glock for, like, the last the last corner uh, and taking the championship uh, for fifth position. So, on, on fifth position. So, yeah, those, those are my, like, my three, top three best moments um, for McLaren's history. That's pretty remarkable. Um, as a matter of fact, it felt like as if you went into further detail uh, with uh, my points, and I really appreciate that. I think it provides a lot of uh, very good context, and in a way, it very it complements our takes on McLaren very, very well. Right. And it is it is a New Year's Day, uh, and I do want to reiterate that uh, here's to hoping that 2021 provides a lot of good memories for. McLaren and its fans. A lot of good, good racing. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and yeah. Let, let's let's see. Let's also see what color they come out with this year. Now that the McLaren Mercedes is now oh. the thing again. Oh, I actually think they're gonna stick with papaya, papaya and blue. Okay. <laughs> you think they're gonna go a little bit more silver, uh, like accents of silver? Possibly. Possibly. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to to see the new iteration of the McLaren. Uh, but yeah, uh, with that being said, um, we, we touched on them uh, a while back, Red Bull, right? They have to overcome Red Bull first in order to even just even target Mercedes. And so Red Bull, right? It's no secret. They have a new lineup, Sergio Perez and Max Verstappen. Now, all over the internet, all over YouTube, all over, you know, social media posts, there, there have been some quite vocal... Um, people who believe one or the other that this partnership is going to work. This uh, Sergio Perez is not going to be in the same pace. Um, it could work, and Sergio Perez is going to challenge Max even more than he, even more so than he thought, because you know Sergio, this is his, pretty much his only chance of ever winning a championship. Uh, but yeah, Wes, uh, I wanted to know what you think about this new lineup for Red Bull. Well, any predictions for this upcoming seasons? Well, on paper, this lineup is supposed to be very, very competitive. Right. Because you have race winners, you have seasoned drivers. You also have very, very diverse traits amongst the two drivers. Mm. Um, I would like to think that in terms of the drivers themselves, Max and Sergio, yeah, they're going to finish P2 and P3 in the championship this year. Mm. And Red Bull as a constructor will stay in second. Okay. And that's just because uh, I've said in the past that uh, for the constructors, I think Mercedes, it's Mercedes' title to lose, mm. but then they are the best to defend uh, given that Lewis Hamilton can defeat a team by himself. Right. And I don't think this combination of Sergio and Max is good enough to do it. Okay. Okay. Especially if they, especially if they tried with uh, Sebastian and Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm mean, using two big names to take down one big name as well. Absolutely. And a powerhouse in Ferrari. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, was there like any particular prediction? So, uh, by by your predictions, it, it seems as though it sounds as though. Correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds as though you think that the Sergio Perez Max Verstappen relationship is going to work. Yes, okay, I really do, uh, because I think we'll see a lot more racing from them too. Okay, we're not going to see a scenario where uh, both guys are going to be by themselves. Right. Okay. Uh, seconds apart on the oh, track not Baku seconds apart like uh 
Ricardo and 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 Max Verstappen when they collided. Right? Uh, I don't. I don't think they're going to collide. Okay. No. Okay. No. But do I think that we could see them battling and we could see them being within DRS range of one another, and perhaps uh, duking it out with folks like uh, Botas and Lando and absolutely uh, Sebastian Stroll, Ricardo, mm. and uh, the two Renaults. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would prefer them to finish way ahead of all those guys I just mentioned. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I could see it happening. And um, the bigger concern, I think, for the both of them, no matter what, is uh, how can they close the gap to Lewis? Yeah, and absolutely. Of course, uh, the answer after all of that, after all the dust settles, is we can't. Right. But uh, of course, uh, as they say, you don't know unless you race. So looking forward to this lineup, looking forward to. Uh, their performance this season yeah uh, i like i like your thinking on this you know you're 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 thinking more of a, a logical uh step towards red bull's partnership um but for me i actually think that um sergio perez is going to be a little bit more of a thorn in max Verstappen's side um i think sergio perez sees this opportunity as his best opportunity to ever win a world championship um, and hopefully, you know, me and Joran, my brother, were kind of discussing this as well. You know, Sergio Perez is only there for like one year. And if he can challenge for wins, a couple wins to pretty much put himself in the position for a world championship, perhaps against Lewis Hamilton, then absolutely, he's going to do it. We've seen him in the past. He's, he's a killer. Right, he he wants to be the top dog in the team that he's currently in. Um, I don't I don't think he realizes that the the situation and the the geography of the team in Red Bull is a little bit more different from a for, uh, Force India or Racing Point. Right, like this is pretty much Max's team. This is like his he is the guy that they want to win, um, and so. I, I do think that Sergio can be almost the same pace as Max in the race. I don't know about qualifying. Um, I know Max is really good at qualifying uh, this season. He, he's pretty much turned it up uh, a level. Um, Sergio isn't really that good at qualifying. Lance Stroll has pretty much beaten him. I think it's, it's split down the middle. But... In the race, yes, I, I do think Sergio Perez has enough racecraft to to pretty much be on the same pace as Max, and I do believe he will challenge Bottas. Him and Max, Max's primary target in the beginning of the season would be Max. I mean, um, would be uh, Bottas, Valtteri Bottas. And you brought up a good point, right? Like, I think they're going to be good enough to take second and third in the championship. I don't think I really do think that Bottas is mentally drained um you know trying to beat hamilton i think has kind of drained him in a way um for the championship and so yeah hopefully hopefully i'm wrong uh but i do think that red bull this time around will force mclaren or mclaren force mercedes to make the tougher choices right who are you gonna pit first you know, of course, it's going to be Lewis, but what time do you pit? Is it going to be an undercut? Is it going to be an overcut? These these decisions were missing from Mercedes because they had such an easy season against uh, Red Bull. And, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's what I think. That's what me and Joran think. There's going to be a lot of fireworks in Red Bull this year, especially between Max and Perez. Um, I do think they are going to collide at some point in the season. Um, I hope not because you know pretty much the goal ahead is mercedes and we spoken about this west you know honda's last year we want them to to do a lot better but it seems as though mclaren uh mercedes is a little bit more far you know out of reach pretty much um especially with lewis hamilton behind the wheel so so yeah i, I think that's I mean that's just the dish, the the gist of it. Um, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully Wes, 
they do work out. Uh, hopefully, they do go more your route. They work out, and they're they're great teammates, and they can challenge Mercedes a little bit more, um, put them a little bit more of in a bind. Um, like I said last uh, last podcast, I think Red Bull is going to take the instructors, um, and Lewis is going to take the drivers, his eighth. So, so yeah, that, that's pretty much my prediction for the Red Bull uh, lineup. Yeah, no, yeah, sounds good. I mean, uh, we agree to disagree. Hopefully, <laughs> of course, uh, I'm going to put my pride up and hope that, uh, that my two uh, hopes for the drivers uh, will uh, come through. Mm. And, um, of course, if Red Bull can make things a little bit more interesting uh, this coming season, uh, of course, uh, the other teams too, but um, especially Red Bull because, uh, in a way, this was their season. Right. Uh, outside of uh, Mercedes dominating and um, making things look easy, let's right. let's be real. We say easy, but God damn it, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think the average person can determine whether it's time for Lewis or Botas or George. Yeah. And and you know like, <laughs> it, it, Jordan brought up a, an interesting fact where um, he doesn't believe it's actually Red Bull that's going to be chasing Mercedes. It's going to be more. McLaren and Aston Martin and Ferrari trying to pull uh, Red Bull back uh, from getting close to Mercedes, right? Like we we have to we have to keep in mind that there are other teams that are trying to catch up to Red Bull right now uh, because Red Bull is pretty much the next step into challenging Mercedes. Now, is he saying that because for the most part it's now becoming a Mercedes-powered competition? It's pretty much yeah with, with McLaren. Do you, do you yeah, think McLaren, uh, yeah, Aston yeah. Martin, Williams, Williams? Well, I, I don't know. I don't think Williams is gonna you know challenge Red Bull, but I think I, I do predict that Mercedes, uh, Mercedes, Ferrari is gonna do enough in the off season to challenge McLaren for third. I don't know about challenge Red Bull for second, or even challenge Mercedes at first, but I think they're they're gonna do enough that. You know, they have all the facilities, they have all the resources, and if they don't move from their positions this year, uh, then someone's got to go. You know, it's got to be Mattia. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much just my bold prediction. Oh, for sure. I mean, it kind of makes sense, or not makes sense, but rather it aligns with what I said before, mm. right? That when Mattia was sitting out races uh, to develop the engine for right. the SF21, exactly. Uh, I said that, oh, he better show up with a damn yeah. good product yeah there's no excuse do, do i do i want it to beat mercedes and lewis and uh red bull honda i don't know uh <laughs> i can't confirm or deny that i want them to do that right uh more more uh more on the former uh or more on the latter actually right that, uh that i would want them to do that right. uh but uh you know, because I think it's still Mercedes championship to, Absolutely. to lose. And, you know, I'm a Lewis fan. Yeah. There, I said it, <laughs> even though I've said it many times before. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but uh, going back to our main point in this um, part of the, the, the show, yeah, I, I have high expectations for Red Bull. Yeah, me too, Wes, me too. And, and, and I think I think we shouldn't hold them any less, uh, any, any less of expectations this year. But, yeah, uh, moving on to your guy, Lewis Hamilton. I mean, um, Sir Lewis Hamilton, Sir Lewis hey, Hamilton. He's your guy too. <laughs> he's yeah. my guy too. But yeah, um, Wes, uh, I don't know if um, correct me if I'm wrong, but he is the current. He is the only Formula One driver to ever race under the title of a knight while still racing. It's possible. I'm not yeah. quite sure about that. Yeah, yeah. I know, uh, I know Jackie Stewart. I think got it after racing. I think right? I think so too. And so, I think yeah, uh, Lewis is a racing knight. That'd be interesting to see. I mean, uh, it's Crofty that introduces the grid, right? <laughs> uh, that's what I was saying too. Does does yeah? It's like yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. Uh, does Peter? Does Bono have to go into uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton? Uh, the tires are doing okay. Uh, how do they feel? <laughs> uh, probably not because uh, yeah, you talked about not. how in the past in Mercedes it's a 
very very open working culture. It's, yeah, it's a very team oriented. You know, everybody uh, yeah. everybody knows each other by a nickname or first name basis. But I, I do matter, think it doesn't matter where they come from. Yeah, absolutely, and I do think Crofty will announce him as Sir Lewis Hamilton when he is running down the grid. I mean, imagine that. It's like, it's, it's like imagine it. It's like I don't know. Uh, uh, I know you like Suzuka, so just for you, I'll do this. Let's get to the opening grid of the Japanese Grand Prix. After a blistering qualifying in pole position, it's Sir Lewis Hamilton alongside of Max Verstappen. <laughs> On the second row, it's Checo Perez and Valtteri Bottas, followed by a third-row lockup of McLaren with <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris. Imagine that. Exactly. That'd, be, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. That'd be very interesting. Um, but yeah. Uh, besides the point, I do think he, <laughs> <laughs> I do think he is very deserving of this title um heck yes i'm super uh, i'm super proud of you know lewis and i'm pretty sure you know uk the britain british fans they're gonna be they're, they're super excited and and i think he is very deserving there's no other name outside of formula like in formula one that gives formula one a bigger meaning right like when when we talk about Formula One today, usually it's Lewis Hamilton that first comes up. Um, you know, Lewis is a bit bigger. You know, he he has kind of transcended into more than just F1, right? He's this fashion designer. He is this, you know, his artist, right? We, we've seen him. He's been recording in the studio recently. Um, not only that, he's also an ambassador for the, uh, for, you know, pretty much global environments and black lives matter black lives matter so he is absolutely transcendent himself and you know we we've spoken about this west after formula one he's gonna he's still gonna be a busy guy um i do think that maybe lewis isn't gonna step out of formula one that easily i think he's gonna take a you know a leadership role a manager's role um somewhere Kind of like a consultant's role, right? Kind of like a like a Mika Hakkinen when you know he left McLaren, and so yeah, I'm super excited to see where you know what this means for Lewis, right? Uh, I I do think we we have a good idea. It just pretty much solidifies his greatness. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I if you ask me, Lewis is the best of his generation. Mm. Um, when it comes to all time. We might have to have a serious discussion about that with folks that have been watching Formula One for right. longer periods of time. Right. Um, but you, like you said, Joy, he is a man of many interests, many tastes, and on top of that, he does well in all of them. Hmm. And the one, of the one of his ventures that I'm excited to see is his uh, role as a team owner of X44 in Extreme yeah. E. Extreme E. Uh, which is. Uh, kind of like the love child of uh, formula e and dakar rally right really and you know he has a good team uh with him he hired uh, sebastian loeb who is one of the better one of the best rally drivers of all time of all time and oh my gosh it, it's like it it's one of those things that com uh, combines everything that he loves racing and environmental friendliness right but yes, uh, and like you said, Joy, uh, when people talk about Formula One, the first name that comes to mind is Lewis Hamilton. Mm. Uh, one of my hot takes over the life of this podcast is that Formula One needs Lewis more than Lewis needs Formula One. Mm. And um, of course, if Lewis keeps doing what he does and keeps uh, becoming a positive presence in the world, that might actually be more truth than falsehood. Right. Right. But. It's really amazing. It goes to show uh, the crazy, I guess, now that it's 2021, uh, it's still kind of odd to say that, but very refreshing, that uh, that's very uh, re um, characteristic of this decade. I guess we are now supposed to see very, very remarkable things in the, in the 2020s. And uh, this happens to be one of them, a knight doing arguably the most dangerous sport in the world <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, i mean he's probably the closest to being a knight right with like his car being 
his steed, his trusty steed. But uh, yeah, like uh, well, he's not jousting anybody. <laughs> because <laughs> if you hit somebody, if you if you hit somebody in Formula hopefully, One, hopefully, hopefully not it this season. Be, it could be bad. Hopefully not this season. No jousting this season. But uh, what do you call it? Uh, you brought up Extreme E. It's incredible that all these things are, are coming back to Lewis, right? All of his interests with environmental awareness and racing. And not only that, his biggest rival is also in Extreme E, in Nico Rosberg. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so we're definitely going to see who's a better manager, who's a better owner of a team. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Lewis, 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 <laughs> Lewis. You actually brought up an inter- interesting point. I actually didn't know Sebastian Loeb signed for Lewis Hamilton's team. Um, but, yeah, that, that's very interesting. I I think, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Wes, I think that one of the team members for Nico Rosberg is um, one of the W Series drivers, Jamie Chadwick. Isn't it Jamie Chadwick? Possibly. Possibly. Uh, let okay. me let me research that for you real quick as we're <laughs> on the show. But um, I know there's a lot of big names in Extreme E, like Carlos Sainz Senior. Right. Um, is in the series two, and I think uh, Carlos Sainz Junior. actually got a chance to drive the or right. at least sit in the car, um, and uh, it goes to show that there's really a lot of momentum in this series. And, uh, I'm excited. I hope they, um, I hope they air it. I hope we he can has, see it. Yeah, he has uh, Molly Taylor and Johan Christofferson. Ah, okay, Molly Taylor. Okay. Then uh, let me let's uh, take a look at uh, X44. They have their roster available. Uh, let's see here. Very black and purple car. <laughs> Christina Gutierrez and Sebastian Loeb. Okay. Okay. And Sebastian Loeb is still in the WRC, which is crazy. Well, he's with the Citroen, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like... Last time have, I saw him, he was in Citroen. Yeah, you have one of the best uh, drivers in rally ever. And then, um, according to uh, Autosport, uh, at one point was the number one race car driver of 2005 <laughs> on your team. Right. And, of course, you have a very talented uh, rally driver in Cristina Gutierrez. It's right. like, oh, man, I, I feel like this is going to be a really interesting uh, racing series. And yeah. The cars look nice, too. Um, yeah. My I, gosh. I never actually uh, got into uh, the car racing, which is, pr- I think it's the closest one to it. Um, I saw Alonzo did it for some brief uh, period of time for the Toyota team. But, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, you know, Lewis's other ventures, how it plays out after Formula One, after his life in Formula One. Absolutely. It's it's going to be, re- I think it's going to be really remarkable. I'm ready to have, uh, so if he drops tracks as a music star, I can't <laughs> wait to have some of his uh, EPs and albums on my streaming services. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And so let's get into some uh, fun stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's get into, you know, some of these some of these things that uh, you know we love to do here in, in this podcast, we like to do a little bit of fun here and there. Um, and this week, uh, we we actually don't know what to call this segment. Um, comment down below. Uh, we'll take any suggestions for any fun stuff, uh, segments, any names. But yeah, this week, it's going to be pick the top three worst helmet designs and pick the top three best helmet designs. Um, and so yeah, uh, this pretty much this pretty much struck me uh, this this week because uh, one of my friends is a graphic designer, and um, yeah, she started watching Draft to Survive, and one of the things she noticed was her was the helmets of these drivers, and she realized some of them looked better than the others, um, and so yeah, this is pretty much where this uh, I know. It has been done in YouTube before, but uh, I do think it's such an interesting, interesting point to make in our, in our, um, in our podcast. Wes, are you ready? To start. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait because um, I did take a look at your list uh, that you submitted to me earlier in the week, uh, Joy, and uh, thank you for that. Because uh, I really don't. Let's be real; I don't really pay attention mm. to the helmets. 
um, I pay attention to more to racing. Right. As, even though I do like a little bit of fashion here and there. But here, um, my picks for the worst helmet designs of this season, Lance Stroll, Esteban Ocon, Antonio Giovanazzi. Oh, okay. Wow. Interesting. Any... Stroll's, yeah. Stroll's looks like a bubblegum. It looks like bubblegum. Dum-dum lollipop. <laughs> There's, it's just it's just pink. It looks like the the hubba bubba, bubba yeah, or, or that too. Yeah, the hubba bubba. Alcon, <laughs> is literally it's a Mercedes helmet. We just took off the Mercedes logo on it. Yeah, well, pretty much. That's that's what I said too. And then uh, Giovinazzi. It was hard for me to find three, but Giovinazzi for me, it's wow. You know, really Jovi. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. I mean, cool. it's uh, the other ones I actually liked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To be honest with you. But for me, Giovinazzi, it's like, I don't know, it's, uh, I, I don't know, yeah. it, it looks a little... Too Italian. <laughs> no, no, it's not that at all. Yeah, I yeah. mean, otherwise, otherwise, uh, otherwise I'd be picking off wow. uh, one of my best picks. But, That's interesting. I uh, actually think Giovinazzi does a really well, does a nice job of designing his helmets. But, uh, you know, to each, to each their own. And yeah, uh, you brought up an interesting point, right? I mean, they're all to me. They're for the most part, they're very good. It's they're just all very good. Yeah, lack, yeah. They either lack originality or uh, some other reason. But uh, yeah. for me, Giovanazzi was one of those fringe helmets, and you know, I want to I want to meet the instructions here. So for me, it was a little bit on the eh side rather than the wow side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so, yeah, uh, for my picks for the top three worst helmet designs. Um, Number one, I have Stroll, right? Uh, Stroll, like you said, Wes, I completely agree. There's nothing to it. It's literally just they painted it pink and then they, you know, stamped his his logo on there, the LS. Um, and then the the Racing Point target, which is, I it's don't like know. a football helmet. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it just doesn't look good. It looks like bubblegum, like uh, like you said. Um, and yeah, there's just nothing that pops to it, you know. Uh, it, it's quite difficult, actually. Um, sometimes when I have to tell between Sergio Perez and Lance Stroll, but I just have to look at the the yellow camera above their heads. Pretty much, that's the giveaway. But yeah, um, for me, or the or the halo, because they have their initial right. on the halo. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so for me, in number two. Is Daniel Kvyat? Um, I will say, you know, the Alpha, you know, with Red Bull and Alpha Tauri, there's not a lot that you could create because Alpha Tauri and Red Bull really love to stick their their branding on there, and there's not a lot of room for drivers to to really express themselves, especially in those helmet designs. Uh, but I think Kvyat could have done a little bit better. Um, you know, he it's just. There's a lot of things. Um, I do like Pierre Gasly's Imola special edition helmet, um, where he pretty much had the Ayrton Senna colors because the the AlphaTauri blue actually went well with the the blue on Ayrton Senna's helmet, and it was nice. It was nice, but you know that was that was a one-off helmet. It wasn't actually his real helmet that he wore throughout the season. But Kvyat, you know, like I said, it. it he could have done a lot better. Again, I don't actually fault him for this because it's Alpha Tauri and Red Bull. They, they like to do a lot of their branding um, on their driver's helmets. And so, yeah, um, moving on. Number three, I think it's Kimi Raikkonen. I think, I think Kimi's, I think Kimi's helmet. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's so many sharp edges that are pointing in so many different directions um and he has this he has this thing i think it's on the back of his helmet it's called the Iceman, but it's it totally doesn't look like it spells out Iceman. um but that's just me uh, i don't know uh, also the colors aren't really well implemented uh, i've seen these color combinations done. I think he could have done a little bit better with the color combinations. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, like special, special honor. Um, <laughs> you're probably not going to like me on this one, Wes. 
Uh, I did not like George Russell's helmet. I don't think the the blue, the white, and the red really match. I do think his um, Mercedes helmet was a lot better. Uh, I I think that's not his fault though because right. uh, Williams changed color schemes before the right. season started. Absolutely, and because they were going to be that light blue, and right. then uh, Rocket. Right, and didn't now it's primarily yeah. Now it's primarily red. I mean, I don't know. For me, his uh, his logo. No, it's white and blue. Yeah, yeah. Williams this year was white and dark blue. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know, like, it. I don't know, maybe it's just the logo for me. The the GR63 doesn't really work well for me. Uh, there's something off about it. It's not like a Lando Norris um, logo, which I do think is probably the best logo in the grid. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just never really liked George Russell's helmet, except for the Mercedes one because the Mercedes one pretty much brought back so many memories of Michael Schumacher's helmet. And so, yeah, I got, that got me super excited. But yeah, Wes, um, your best helmet designs for you. Okay. Uh, my third favorite this season was, uh, Landon Norris, Mm. uh, the blue and green. Um, I like those colors. I also understand that his uh, design is uh, based off of Valentino Rossi because mm. he loves Valentino Rossi. Absolutely. And, you know, Val- uh, Valentino is uh, a sunny, bright guy. L- Lando happens to be a sunny, bright guy as well, or right. a bright kid, if right. you want to if you wanna say. Because uh, uh, if you ask me, he's a bit of a man-child, but he's so damn good at driving a damn car. Right. <laughs> and uh, I think he's going to continue to have uh, that positive energy and – bright helmet for uh, the rest of his career mm. number two sebastian vettel hey who doesn't like that german stripe i love it and i i think that's why i picked on giovanazzi because the one <laughs> like once once you already have somebody's flag helmet on there it's kind of already hard to top it especially right. when that one is already very good right and, i also, uh, I also course, like uh vettel's um what's it called his special edition one the the we race as dragon, one. no. The we race as one. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that one's pretty good too. Yeah, I like the one. I also liked the one where uh, he had like the dragon um, outline to commemorate Michael. Right. Um. And my number one pick, I do have an honorable mention, uh, which I will mention later, or maybe I'll mention it now. Uh, Albert Park, uh, Valtteri Bottas. Mm. That I was, love blue. That was my I favorite love, too. I love uh, tropical. Oh, one of my favorite. Uh, oceanic vibes oceanic energy and that was it the dabbing koala yeah the dabbing koala that was cute that was Um, cute i love that of course uh there was a lot of good helmets this year um you know i liked albon's i liked uh i liked uh botas's helmet too i liked ricardo's Mm. but of course you know we can only pick three and those are three i'm gonna go with but with number one number one i've always thought this uh i felt like i was the only one that thought this, uh, especially uh, with uh, some of the uh, things that happened in 2020, but for Wakanda, Lewis Hamilton, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton. black and gold. I love it. I actually, I, that was, it's one of my favorite ones. Um, I did not like, I did not rate it as my top three, but I do think this is Hamilton's best helmet. I think he needs to keep it. Well, I mean, uh, that, Design, I think, is going to be consistent throughout his time at Mercedes. Right. Right. And, of course, there's just different colors. And, of course, when, if he locks up the championship, he turns it into gold, which is yeah. pretty damn nice. I actually, I actually love the, the black and purple one. It, it's very distinct. I've never seen gold implemented on a car or, or on a helmet. Well, his championship-winning helmets are gold. I mean, uh, I mean, purple, purple, purple. Oh, purple, yeah. Purple, yeah. No, I love yeah. purple. I mean, purple was going to be his... Uh, theme anyway with the white yeah had a mercedes that stayed with the white suit silver mm. car mm. but when they went with to the black. all black oh yeah i was like oh man and then of course uh you know uh, it also reminded me of when he uh tributed uh, one of his wins to chadwick bosman the late chadwick bosman right that's why i said wakanda forever <laughs> uh for the helmet and then he did the he did the right the sign so it's like yeah, in a way, you nice can also touch. say Lewis was also racing for Wakanda. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And he won. He won for Wakanda. He won so. for Wakanda. Oh uh, uh, yeah, no. But yeah, yeah those, but those are my helmet designs uh, for the year that were 
my top three. Yeah, th- those are great. Those are great picks, Wes. Um, and so yeah, uh, I- I'm gonna go. You know, with a pick that we share. It's Sebastian Vettel. Um, I-, I just like the, like just his normal one. Um, I just love the white, the all white. I think the the Ferrari outline of the you know the prancing horse and the German flag it's so uniquely Sebastian Vettel you know you could tell it's Sebastian you know you could you could blank out you could like cover the the color of any car that he's driving and you could just have that helmet it, that's Sebastian Vettel uh, that German flag uh, I love it it's it's off to the side it's not to the center I think the center if he put it to the center it was it was a little bit more off-putting but I like it when it's off to the side uh, it, it makes it a little bit more of him it's it's more of his uh, choice I do like it uh, pretty much his special edition as well um, where he had the rainbow um, and pretty much the, the incredible designs for like you know the, the diversity in his helmet and the and the sides of his helmet I think that, that was a nice touch but uh, yeah my second is Daniel Ricardo actually I love Daniel Ricardo you can tell he hires a graphic designer to just design his um, his helmet because you could see it like it's just a graphic designer's work it's very uniform it's very nice to look at and it's very distinct um, and I think uh, Louis Daniel Ricardo really loves to play with these um, color combinations and patterns I love the cheetah print um and yeah it's 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 incredible um you know daniel ricardo back to back two years have for me created the top two best helmet designs um i do like the the last year one a little bit better but this year is is great i I love that gray that gray base it's incredible uh and it brings out the the cheetah stripes or the cheetah cheetah stripes the cheese spots uh and so yeah number one for me is carlos signs i think carlos does this kind of sebastian vettel approach but very differently where it's off to the sides and he has this incredible gray this this very dark gray as a base color and he has this the spanish flag the spanish colors i think it's incredible to 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 see uh, I love it, and yeah, to, to me this year, I think he's got the best helmet. I love watching, seeing that helmet into that McLaren um, car, and yeah, it, it was easily recognizable that it was signs. So, so yeah. No, those are really good picks. Um, it was, like I said, it was very hard to do this because yeah. I think for the most part, everybody had a really good helmet. Absolutely. And. Of course, when you have such a wide list to choose from, there are going to be omissions. Right. And it's going to become very, very subjective. Absolutely. But for, for what it's worth, um, the the guys on the grid have really good taste. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, man, I, I can't wait to see what 2021's helmets look like. I'm excited to see uh, the Aston Martin if they implement those greens. Well, maybe on the car. I don't know about the helmet because that's not just uh, a driver. That's a driver thing, no? Right, that's right. Not a no, team but, uh, thing. that's what I'm saying. Like the, you know, Lance Stroll has pink um, helmet. Maybe he implements the, the green Aston Martin in his helmet. Probably. Well. Yeah. Probably, and then of course, you know, uh, with the uh, Red Bulls, and you're not gonna see Aston Martin on the visor border anymore. Right. Probably a Honda. Maybe Red Bull or Honda. Ooh, yeah. I would love to see a Honda visor. Uh, pretty much decal oh, then, be, just, then, then just watch alpha tori <laughs> oh yeah that's true that's true but yeah no um we'll see uh it's 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 gonna be a lot of really interesting looks mm. uh, on the grid um uh, i think that's what the one thing that people go nuts for is the uh uniform the threads mm. from shirt designs helmet designs suit designs car livery designs whatever can't wait i can't wait either but yeah, uh, thank you so much, Wes, for for sharing your your top three worst and best helmet designs uh, for 2020. Thank you so much for joining me in this podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening uh, to the Run It Back podcast. Um, again, Happy New Year. Uh, and 
yeah so hopefully it's a it's a great new uh it's a great new year it's a great year for everyone uh and i'm wishing everyone all the best uh for this for this new year <laughs> yeah yeah joy um i do want to say a couple things uh, before yeah. we uh, sign off for tonight Go ahead. Uh, first and foremost uh thank you for giving me a challenge for this week for uh, <laughs> our fun stuff this actually had me doing a lot of uh thinking yeah um but yeah you know thank you for a great show um giving a space for folks like you and me as well as our listeners to have a chance to hear give and take hear listen give and take um our thoughts on the formula one landscape mm-hmm. um and although it's it's relatively young i can see us getting better as the days go by um and for everyone that has been listening uh, to us from the get-go, thank you, thank you so much, especially uh, joining us at, at the practically uh, past the halfway point of the season. And um, 2021 is right around the corner in terms of the Formula One calendar. Uh, for those uh, just living their lives and uh, listening to us, 2020 was rough, let's, let's be honest. But hey, we made it. We're here. It's still going to be a long climb, but... 2021 is going to be a lot better. I can promise you that. Hey. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Again, I'm Joy. That's Wes. Good night. All right. Thank you, everyone. Keep it on track.